0: Hello and welcome to the Gooner Tour back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series at 8 a.m. every single day. And for those that are wondering why this might be an hour later, I think for some people, it's because we have had now the clocks go back. In the UK, I believe it's the whole of the UK that has it, um, daylight savings and all. So apologies if this is coming to you and it's taking you a bit by surprise while this is an hour later. But this is the time that it will be for uh, the foreseeable until the next change of the clocks. So uh, yes, welcome. Hello. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing good this morning. Please do drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you have not done so already. It is always nice to wake up the day after yet another victory uh, you can't complain at all about Arsenal winning games and well actually I say that some people still manage to complain you know, about Arsenal winning games rather hilariously but you know you can't please everyone just imagine that your own football team wins and you're still moaning incredible absolutely incredible but good morning to everybody in the chat box we got Steve we got Colin we got half South African, we got Ransom we got Gunataj. We've got John, we've got Matt, Maz, Mr. Serious joining us all the way from Vietnam. Thanks ever so much, mate. Paul, Justin, Nikolai, Julian, Matt G, Kigi, uh, and John as well. Thank you so much, guys. Goodness 72 Harvey, Big O, Ian as well. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. If you want to get my thoughts on the game from yesterday, please do make sure you go onto to the YouTube channel and check out my reaction. It was done about six o'clock-ish last night. It was at halftime during the United game. I didn't know at that point, Uh, so I was very happy to find out that they got battered. I mean, they literally get battered everywhere they go, even when they're home. I mean, we're going to have to come up with an even better chant for this, because it's going to have to change from Spurs get battered everywhere they go to Spurs get battered even when they're at home. Like, that's the only way we're going to have to change it now. So when we actually go there, we're going to have to make a couple of tweaks to that chart so it's appropriate because everywhere they go and even when they're at home is, is clearly the way that we have to move forward with that chart. But let's see you singing that in the chat box, people, because today is a good a good day. I'm enjoying the fact that we're playing our, our games quite early on in the weekend. Last week, we played on Friday. Today, we well, yesterday, we played at 1230 And it just gives us a stress-free weekend, knowing that we've got our job done. We can watch the other teams suffer and try and get over their points. We've got some interesting fixtures going on today. West Ham and Everton, of course, in action. Uh, We've got Wolves and that coming up, I think. uh, Everton Wolves is tomorrow, isn't it? We've got West Ham and Leeds. And it's going to be interesting to see how these teams play out their games today. But Arsenal currently, at the way that we are right now, joint with the points of fourth place. Could you imagine after those three defeats in the league, if we'd have lost, if I'd have said to you after five nil against Manchester City in six league games time, we would be on the same points as fourth place. I reckon you'd have probably said I was mad. So, uh, it's football's a crazy game and, uh, I'm loving every single second of it. EG K.H.D. says, hi Tom. I feel like consistent domination will only come if Erdogan and Jacka are in the midfield without them. The other players are more direct and pacey, which is only good for the counter-attack. We'll see how this team develops and how other players are brought into the sides with Granite Jacker, of course, still to return in January. But there are a couple of news stories that we need to go through from, uh the weekends first of all if you haven't done so already please do go and subscribe to the Arsenal way we've got a dedicated show on dennis zacharia coming out this afternoon actually i think it's about middayish uk time so click the link in the description go make sure you're subscribed and ensure that you are turning those notifications on so you can get the analysis of dennis zacharia with the help of our swiss friend uh oliver Zeziger. so some really good stuff so there you go uh let's go on to our next story, uh, which is Wilfred Zaha <laughs> being brought down by Emmerich Laporte. We talked a little bit about this yesterday um on the show, and I'm assuming this is gonna perpetuate through the week, I think. Uh Wilfred Zaha, of course, uh, was brought was brought down by Emmerich Laporte very similarly to how Pierre Aubameyang was brought down by Johnny Evans, and yet whilst The Spanish defender was sent off. Johnny Evans remained on the field. Arsenal again being done over by the officials. Consistency continues to be lacking from this game. Very, very frustrating. Um, It's good that we won the game because if we hadn't have won the game, this would have certainly have been a big, big, big talking point We need to see consistency across these gains. We're not seeing that consistency here, and that is a big, big problem. But let us know in the chat box and in the comment section below how you're feeling about the fact that we are lacking this consistency of these red card decisions being given not just against, but for Arsenal as well. Now, Mikel Arteta spoke about both Pablo Marie and Kieran Tierney, firstly mentioning how uh, Pablo Marie and why he was not involved in the team, and Kalasnach, of course, was there with the group. He says, there is a bug going on, as we've heard previously. We lost Pablo Marie as well today, who wasn't feeling great, and Ben had it as well for the last day or two. Amazing that Ben White was able to come back, put, put in a full like 90 minutes, and absolutely smashed it again. I mean, if there was any doubt that Ben White should be, for me, the player of the month, again, another top performance in defence yesterday. I know there were some issues with the the fouls on James Madison, but that aside, the passing was still good. The dribbling was good. The playing out from the back was good. And his defensive, bar those couple of fouls on Madison, were also good too. Ben White, for me, easily our player of the month uh, for October. Um, we then look at Kieran Tierney, uh, who still wasn't available for Mikel yesterday, not because of the illness, but because of injuries. He says he didn't train with the team yesterday. He wasn't feeling good. He's still in pain, and was struggling with his running. We need to help him as much as possible. Get him back. But I don't know when that will be. But what we have to say and what is very, very good is what Julian says. is Can I give a shout out to Nuno Tavares? Now, Nuno Tavares um, <laughs> is uh, a player that we know we have desperately needed for some time. Because if you consider the fact that last season, Granite Xhaka came in for the injured Kieran Tierney for a significant period of time and it just utterly derailed the end of our season. Um, and for that reason, it was so good to get Tavares in or any left back backup up for that matter. That happened. We got him in and it's had a massive effect. And Tavares, again, was was excellent yesterday. And I actually had a really good chat with uh, Joao Tralial, who is uh, Nuno Tavares, former coach at Benfica. You can actually go and watch that interview that I did with Joao on the Arsenal way. He talks about uh, working with Nuna and he talks about how he obviously transi- transitioned him from a left winger into a left wing back into a left back. So it's a really good interesting lesson. Make sure you do have a go at uh, listening to that. Now, our final and main story of the day before we go into your questions in the chat box around Alexander Lacazette. Now, the outlet Fijares, uh, who are not, I wouldn't say are a particularly reliable outlet Um, but they claim that Alexandre Lacazette is uh, set to reject any offer that is put on the table to him by Arsenal he has made his peace with Arsenal as far as his future is concerned that it is not expected to uh, he's not expected to continue on at Arsenal beyond this season if Arsenal were even to aim to extend his contract which as far as I'm aware there has been no contract offer put on the table for Lacazette so far the expectation was always that he would leave at the end of the season and Arsenal would look to move on to their next striker target the striker position is certainly something that Arsenal will be looking at in the summer of 2022 I doubt they'll look at it in January unless there's some big big changes to the squad central midfield is the only position I could see Arsenal looking at in January but Lacazette will be with us we expect at the end of the season and then it is likely that he will move on so it is not surprising to see a story come about saying that he will reject any possible contract offer that's put on the table because there as far as I know not any plans to put a contract off on the table unless something drastic was to change this Season. And that's unsurprisingly the day after a game, which is always one of the quietest days for Arsenal, along with Sundays. So, tomorrow's Newsday uh, will probably be a lot of time to answer your questions as is today. Concludes things. So, please, if you haven't already done so, throw a question into the chat box, your thoughts, your theories, your queries, and questions, and we'll try and go through as many of those as we can. Um, Guna says, If it was my choice, uh, I would keep him for another season. He brings something totally different to a Bamiang. Is it worth extending his contract by another season? I'm not so sure that it is. Mandeep says 210 of you guys are watching. In fact, it's 230 of you now. If you haven't already done so, please do drop a like on today's video. Show your continued support for the channel. I know that you like to tune in every single morning. And I know that you appreciate the effort that goes to putting on these shows every single morning, even though it's a Sunday. It's daylight savings. I've got an extra hour in bed and I'm still here doing the show for you guys. So please show your support and drop a like on today's video. We'll be doing plenty more content for you in the coming weeks and months ahead. And the Arsenal Transfer News Show will be returning as we get closer to January and we get a little bit more insight on who Arsenal get linked to. This is episode, I think, what, 51 of this new show. and We did over 100 episodes of the transfer news show. So there's lots more content for you guys coming in the coming months. Morning, yes, here. Good to have in the chat box. DS Review says, Who will be a better striker to buy? Now it's interesting that you say that because I actually wrote a piece uh, yesterday which came out at 2 a.m. this morning. Believe it or not. I'll leave a link to it in the chat box for you. But in that article, it basically details uh, some of the options that Arsenal have of who they could go for. Um, and if you consider the fact that Latara Martinez is a player that we're linked with and we're looking at trying to bring in more homegrown players as well, there are um, there are a number of options that we could still go for. So give that article a read. I hope you enjoy. And uh, And there you go. Uh, I, I'm not going to tell you who will be a better striker because I'd like you to go read the article. It's as simple as that. You see, I'm learning. I'm learning the tricks to trade already. Steve says, whatever Lacker does in future, I wish him all the best. I have total respect for his all-round game and work effort. Absolutely. And the Modern Gooner says, did you see Ramsdale's drop kick the flew about 1.5 metres off the ground all the way to uh, his target, which was a Bamiank? Yes, I plan on doing quite a bit of analysis on Ramsdale in our Analyzing Arsenal show. A little bit later in the week, on the Arsenal way so make sure as I said already that you're subscribed to get that content Jamie says loving seeing our defenders breaking the lines creates more two-on-one situations in midfield and breaks up the rigidity of the foot of uh, the rigidity that football has become I love that word breaking rigidity that's a really good way of describing it because sometimes Arsenal especially under Arteta have been quite static they haven't been able to get much movement into their game so having players like Ben White that bring the ball out of defence, and Nuno Tavares as well. I mean, he does it really, really well. Both of them, you've got kind of these interspersed players between the disciplined Tommy Asu and Gabriel, that like to break the lines. It adds that little bit of confusion, a bit of chaos factor that I think Arsenal have been lacking. So I think we're really appreciating this now. Uh, Ian says, ref decisions. Dean apparently was suspended because he didn't check the pitch side TV against Palace. That cost us one down and 10 men. I think the VAR hub must insist the referees check the tv i can't believe that they don't insist like if they shouldn't go excuse me fella i I think that you should have a look at this you may have got this wrong because humans are stubborn i'm stubborn if i was a referee i wouldn't like being told i'm wrong and i'm sure when they're on tv in front of millions of people they don't want to look like they're getting things wrong but surely it is worse to come across like you don't want to go and check the monitor and get the decision wrong, and you've made a stand against that. It makes no sense to me, and and they definitely should insist that they check. In fact, it shouldn't even be an indication that they should insist that they should check. To be honest, I think they should be overruled from someone who's got the benefit of looking... At multiple screens that's just the way it goes um Gunnar says why not tom he gives 100 in every game regarding lacazette's contract the reason why not is i just think that we need to move on from the striker situation we are an evolving team we need to look to bring in someone different that gives us a lot more aerial threat alongside the other characteristics that lacazette can bring i understand all of the positives that come with Lacazette, but I just think Arsenal needs someone with a more with more variation in their characteristics and attributes. And I think that Lacazette is, is a little bit, maybe too one-dimensional in a, in a striker sense or in a backup striker sense than what you can get in comparison to some of the targets that we are being linked with. And a lot of that is to do with a striker that can actually score a few headers. That's something that we definitely need. Uh, Cena says, Hi Tom, how do you rate our summer transfer winner now that you've seen these performances? I said it was like... Um, I said that Edu failed the transfer window. And I had the caveat that he failed the transfer window because we didn't add the number one position that we needed to bring in. Now, we are nine games into the Premier League season. It could prove that after 38 games of the Premier League season, that we still needed that key central midfield signing. I believe that we still do need that central midfielder, that absolute step up to go alongside Partey so that Lukonga, who's doing great, but Lukonga shouldn't have to be being relied upon to be a top-class central midfielder for us because we should have signed a world-class player in midfield, in my opinion. So I still rate the transfer window a seven because I think all the business that we did that we, what we did was really good. But we failed to bring in that key number one player for me. And we also failed to move on enough players so that we were able to do that. Kalasnach still here, costing a lot of money. We could have moved him on, whatever. Just get rid of him. Uh, and Ketia, we needed to sort that out. I think there are other situations like the the right-back situation, the Maitland-Niles situation of not getting him a move. I think there are things that we could have done that we didn't. So I still say a seven, but I'm very happy with Edu. Just out there. I'm not against Edu in any way. In fact, I've done a lot of defending Edu's work, and I think a seven is still a fair representation um, because of the, the certain things that we're lacking in that window. But it's not anything lower than that. I think people that were saying it's a four, it's a three, I think looking a little bit... Uh, a little bit regretful about their description of the window, but yeah, I still say it's a seven because I think there were things that were missing from the window still. Um, Julian says, I do think Champions League depends on Man United, to be honest. I think they can be more consistent than us over a season, but glad to be wrong. I think we all would, mate. Absolutely. Justin says, I'm just happy that we don't pass around the opponent's 18 yard box anymore and we're more direct. I mean, there are benefits to what we did when we did that. Um, if you think about it last season, we used to. It used to be a side that would break down the teams gradually passing around the edge of the box, finding that little avenue to play the pass through to get a go. And actually, it caused us to create quite a lot of chances. Under Mikel Arteta, we've struggled to be a, a chance-creating side until the turnaround of this season. So... I think there's positives and negatives when you talk about just passing around the edge of the box because it actually was something under Arsene Wenger that did end up working and getting us into the top four quite regularly. Um, Let's go to Moses. says, Saka needs a lot of work when it comes to finishing. Not enough is being said about it. Hey, look, the kid's 20 years old, Moses. (laughs) Most 20-year-olds need a lot of work in a lot of areas, and thankfully, he doesn't need a lot of work. It is that one thing that you look at to Saka and you say, We need to challenge him to score more goals. But his dribbling's top class. The way he takes on players is brilliant. I mean, the way he he beats a man so much easier than Nicolas Pepe, it's unbelievable. If he had Nicolas Pepe's finishing ability, you'd have a perfect player. But it's an area that he needs to work on. I like his footballing brain. I think he picks the right pass at times as well. He's shown that this season. His delivery into the box for Gabriel's corner was excellent too. There's loads of Saka's game to thrive upon. But yes, I think his finishing is something that he needs to work on. In the coming weeks, but for a 20-year-old, he's doing blooming well. Steve says, regards to the United Spurs game, probably an unpopular opinion, but I was hoping for a draw. I don't want our rivals to start showing form and picking up confidence. Hey, look, a 3-0 win over Spurs, no matter who it is I'm happy about. Man United getting a win in that game should keep Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in the job a bit longer. I think that's a positive result. I think that's the way in which we wanted that game to go. Enough of a result that it keeps him in a job. By no means were United still a really good team. There were lots wrong with their performance. They were lucky in parts. And there's definitely stuff that's still not right with that display. They switched to a three at the back system, which we know we've now got a tactic to break down. And I'm really looking forward to playing Manchester United at the end of next month is still next month um so yeah but uh they're not as it is on halloween very scary uh right now and i have to say that the liverpool game yesterday against brighton gave me even a smidge of hope that when we go to anfield in a couple of, or a few weeks time now i think it's what on the is it the 20 20th i think uh when we do that that I have more hope um, of, of that game, so we'll see how that goes, and, and fingers crossed, we can get a good result from it. Uh, John says it's a world of difference having Saka out on the right versus having Pepe out there. Agreed. Colin says Tom, as well as the all-round, all as the around all-around goalkeeping display, Rami's character is totally infectious. Absolutely. I mean, you need characters like that in your team, guys that are going to fight. You know, when he got hit by Johnny Evans, you had Gabriel going straight in there. The togetherness of this group it's a team I wrote about this yesterday I said emphasis on the word team it really does feel that way it feels like this is a group that wants to fight and wants to back the coach and wants to try and achieve some great things this season and they've really got over some they've got over some really difficult challenges now and uh, to come back from three straight defeats and I mean no goals and what uh, nine goals conceded It's a great achievement what's happened in the last six games in the league and in the last nine games overall. And hopefully we may even now get to a semi-final of a cup competition with a really fanciful draw. Against Sunderland, whose manager, by the way, I absolutely want us to batter in that game. So I look forward to that. I might even see if I can go to that one if I'm not working it, because I'd love to see us get into the semi final. Jay uh, MC says, I think this one game a week is helping Arsenal and Arteta. Man United, Liverpool, Leicester, Man City, Spurs, dropping points makes Arsenal goals this season. I mean, yeah, it's a big change for us this season, not being in Europe, but it's certainly something that I'm excited to see us be able to have that recovery time sam says how annoying are the anti-arteta toxic fans on twitter thanks for backing me up on today and that guy who called us happy clapping dunces <laughs> yeah i mean most of these accounts usually come from people without a uh without their name or their association to it it's very easy to hide behind anonymous accounts and say what you like um social media does need to do more to, to counteract this type of abuse that goes across social media but but at the end of the day, we're happier than they are. <laughs> we're just enjoying our lives a lot more than they are, which is great. I mean, you can't really... I'm not going to get bogged down in negativity. I had a negative conversation with someone last night about shows over the summer just being antagonising. And to be honest, like, you just need to look at yourself and go, we're happier than you are right now. We're happier. And <laughs> like, that's, that's what matters at the end of the day. Just enjoy your weekends. Arsenal have won. Things are looking up. Everyone's enjoying the shows and the channel. It's great. So... It is what it is, and uh, look, it's it's a good time to be an Arsenal fan right now, and uh, fingers crossed this continues uh, for as long as possible. The international break is coming at a really bad time, really, really annoying time, but uh, it's after this one in, what, well, I think it's the next one's not till, like, March, so we've got a long time to the next international break, although saying that the African Cup of Nations is going to be a big, big pain in the ass for us this, this January, uh, especially with the players that we're losing, but... We'll have to find some replacements for Partey and and They're kind of the two that you'd look at. You go, Lacazette's going to come in. You probably think Odegaard's going to go at 10. Uh, With Partey, you think it's going to be Lukonga and hopefully Xhaka's back fit in January. And that'll be a big, big plus for us if he is. Because with with Partey going to the AFCON... um, we desperately need Granite Jacob back. Like, no matter what anyone thinks about the guy when Partey's gone, we need him back. It's as simple as. Um, Vinny says, Emil Smith-Rowe seems to be thriving in the 4-4-2. How do you think he's impacting our wide players? Less pressure as a further one back. I think his defensive work, Vinny's been excellent. I think the way in which he's coming back on the defence, getting involved, getting stuck in is really good. I love the way that he's a right-footed, left-sided player. It allows overlaps with Nuno Tavares. I think those two have linked up really well. In fact, I haven't checked how many times those two linked up? Because against Aston Villa, those two linked up uh, 31 times, which was 14 more than anyone else on the pitch. In fact, I haven't done any of the looking at the stats yesterday because Scout hadn't yet put up those. Just looking on Scout now, have they put up yesterday's game? They have. Who passed the most more than anyone else? Uh, wow. I mean, that's actually surprising. So, Emil Smith-Rowe and Nuno Tavares are not even in the top 10 combinations. That's quite incredible um, to think that they aren't in the top 10 combinations at all. Uh, I'm trying to look at their combination play, but it's not coming up with how many times they combined at all, unless I'm just being an idiot and not looking where it is, but I can't see any. The most combinations were Gabriel and Ramsdale, believe it or not. Those two had the most combinations more than anyone, with 14, and then it was Sambi Conga. And Nuno Tavares at 11, followed by Smith-Rowe and Lekonga. So, Lakonga, I mean, him in, himself had such an influence on the left-hand side of our game. I think that's certainly something to be focused on about our players, how Lakonga influenced our forward passing on the left flank. And definitely something that we're going to be looking at uh, as we go forwards. But really impressive from him. Really, really impressive performance from Lokonga, you'd have to say. In fact, let's have a look at Lakonga in more detail. Let me throw this up on the screen for you guys so you can see it. Um, let me just share my screen with you all. Stop sharing. Share screen. Tab. Y Scout. Here we go. Okay. So you should be able to see my screen. Let me make this bigger for you. There we go. Um, if we go to his statistics from the game, uh, let's go to this season, Premier League. There we go. Um, so against Leicester, uh, 46, 29 out of 46 actions. Let's look at his passing. His passing uh, was eighty nine percent. His forward passes he made seven. Um, he attempted seven forward passes compared to one backward pass. That's showing his positivity, and it's it's all in. It's really kind of spread apart, isn't it? You look at that pass map, and you have to say that he's passing all over the pitch. Really, really positive display in that area. Passes into the final third. Um, two that was attempted. Three that were made. That was really, really solid defensively uh three jewels only won one of them to be fair which ironically was really far up the pitch which is quite hilarious he won his one offensive jewel one out of the two loose ball jewels made three interceptions only lost the ball uh four times won the ball back three times one clearance it's a a very solid display but the fact he was linking up so well i mean let's just go back and look at his pass map again it's it's that's really interesting for a Laconga pass map. If you consider the fact of it's going all over the pitch, he's spreading the ball to the right, he's spreading the ball to the left, he's passing the ball into the, in kind of those directive areas into the wide positions. But what I would be critical about is actually I'd like him to link up more a little bit more progressively on the left flank. You see those passes, there's quite a lot of lateral passes there. I'd like to see him pass more progressively towards Nuno Tavares. And maybe because of the positioning of Tavares, he didn't end up playing at all that forwards. But... It's a really intriguing pass map, really something that I think that we'll see him gradually develop as he improves upon. But that's one of the strangest passing maps I've seen for a player. Heat map-wise, I mean, he found himself mainly in the opposition half. It goes from uh, left to right, these heat maps. So really interesting game from Laconga. But looking at Arsenal in general, uh, let's just have a look at their screen very quickly. Uh, Yeah, so this was the pass map against Leicester City, if you look at how Lukonga played, his main passes were so spread out. Uh, he, he linked up with Tomiyasu, he linked up with with Lacazette, he linked up with Nuno Tavares. And that pass map in general is such an intriguing pass map because it's, it's quite stretched. If we have a look at the pass map from the Aston Villa game, which we can find by looking here. Oh no, that's Leeds United. Sorry, Aston Villa. Scroll down. So if you look how kind of condensed that that pass map is in comparison to the 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 Leicester game. Possibly because we're at home, so we've got a lot more control of the ball. And if you look at that, the Emil Smith-Rowe-Nuno-Tavares combination, 31 links between those two. We are really strong at home right now, um, and, and that's really helping us. And that away win against Leicester, I'm trying to think of our last away win. Uh, it was obviously Burnley. Uh, prior to that, I think it's Burnley and... Is that our only away win in the Premier League this season? Burnley and Leicester, two games so far this season. In both of those, we played quiet. Um, we, We dominated in the first part of the game and then it kind of fizzled out, I suppose, against Burnley. But against Leicester, we allowed them to get back into the game and we just held out and we did really, really well defensively. So... I'm really happy with that performance. I'm really happy with what we showed in the game against Leicester yesterday, and I think it's something that we're definitely going to be able to build upon. So that's going to be really, really interesting. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Please do drop a like on today's video and subscribe to uh, the Guna Talk if you haven't done so already. As I said, there'll be a dedicated show on Dennis Zakaria over on the Arsenal Way. Link to the channel is in the description, so make sure you go and check it out. My chat with Oliver Zeziga. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Hopefully will be joining the boys on the arsenal lounge as well tomorrow evening too and there should be a podcast at some stage but i'll be making sure to let you guys know on social media when that'll be so make sure you're following us on twitter at the guna talk tv and you can follow myself at tom Cantor media it's all right there so go and uh, give us a follow uh absolutely fantastic stuff guys amazing work as always chat box you've been brilliant and uh, i'll see you soon have an amazing sunday enjoy the rest of your weekend and as always up the arsenal